Hello, beloved. Such a privilege to join you today in your room, wherever you're watching us. My name is Rachel Mutasi, and I want to thank the Lord that has kept you up to this time, till the time of come. How amazing it would have been for us to meet together in fellowship. But all the same, we are very thankful for technology, that we can meet you right where you are, maybe in the taxi or at home. And what a blessed time to be with you once again. Why don't we pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you for your promise that are true. We thank you that you are God and beside you there is no other. Lord, we commit this session into your hands that you speak to us. Lord, we pray that you speak to us in accents clear and still, that we will hear your word and help us to be doers. We pray that we will open our hearts to you and may you speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was asked to share with you uh, a very important message, and hopefully I will, uh, will heed to the, 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 the Lord and speak in truth. Um, and the message is for our camp this year is beyond expectation. And it comes from right from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. And as I was reading through the whole chapter, I was excited. I, I almost wanted to comment on everything that I read. And Paul is addressing himself. He is opening up himself to the church in Corinth. And he's telling them why he has come to Corinth. And I love it right from verses 1. He says that I came to you and I didn't, I didn't testify the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. And he said, but I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And he keeps on telling them all the things that we read through the scriptures. And that is one in two. He said, but I did this with weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power. And he says, this is why I did it. So that your faith might May trust in the wisdom, not trust in the wisdom of men, but that in the power of God. And so when I, when I was reading all this, you know that in the city of Corinth, there was a thread where people, especially philosophers, would come in the city and they would share the wisdom. Many times with people maybe who have not been in school, but it was like a thread. So if you knew philosophy, if you knew psychology, if you knew all these dis disciplines of astrology, you would come and share. And then people would look at you and say, maybe if you've spoken wisdom, they say, oh, wow, we can pay for this. And Paul comes in the city of Corinth as a philosopher and maybe they think he's also going to say the same. He's going to give them some cheap message. And Paul decides to do nothing and to speak nothing except Christ and him crucified. And he speaks of Christ crucified. You would think maybe if he's a philosopher coming into town, he will share of Christ maybe who is reigning, who is um, conquering states and all that. He decides to speak of one, of Christ who, who is crucified. And why is he crucified for our salvation? And so as I was thinking of all this, one of the songs that came to me, um, a song that was written by a lady called Mary. And the psalm, the psalm goes, beyond all knowledge is your love divine. And so he says, my Savior Jesus, yet this soul of mine would live in all its breadth and width, its height and depth, and every lasting thing to know you more and more. And I'm sure many of us have, have heard of this song. He says, beyond all praisings, your love divine, my Savior Jesus, yes, this heart of mine would sing your love so full, so rich, so free, which brings the rebel sinner such as me back to God. 
Paul is saying that the message that we are receiving, the message I am speaking to you now, is not anything that maybe these other philosophers are saying. What I have come to tell you is that of Christ. Christ who died and rose again. And because he died and rose again, therefore, dead people can live again. Therefore, the sinner who is vile can now be made whole. For the blind now, they can see. And like we know from uh, Isaiah 61, when Jesus is telling us, when God is speaking about what the Messiah will do, that he will come to bring reparation and freedom to the poor and those who are oppressed. And so the question becomes, what do we do then with this message that Paul has given us? We know that for Paul, he makes a strong resolve and he says, wherever I will go, I will proclaim this message. But yet, if you are a faithful uh, reader of scripture, you will know that for Paul, it was not just important for you to proclaim the message, but it was equally important to practice the message. And so what I'm going to share with your friends is how do we move from just proclamation to practice? We have so many men and women in this city that are moving from place to place, proclaim the gospel. In fact, you cannot go through. I, recently, I was in town and this guy was preaching and he was singing as he was preaching. And I listened to him and I watched him. And I said, I could spend the whole day just standing here, listening to him because the art and charisma he used was so compelling that everyone else would listen. But Paul is saying that we should not just move. And it's very important for us to proclaim, by the way. Remember the Great Commission? Go into the world and make all disciples of nations. Go and teach them to obey. But we should not just aim at teaching alone. We should also watch how we live our lives. And so the charge for practice is an important one. And you would say, maybe those are Paul's words. You know, he gives a lot of instructions both to the church in Corinth and Ephesus and wherever he went. But why should we also choose, like Paul, to do the things? And I would say, yes, we heed we, why we, we have to practice because that is exactly what Jesus tells us. Anyone who has read scripture, particularly in John 15, the Bible says that they will know that you are my disciples if you bear fruit. And we have so many Christians in church who are not bearing fruit. You know, when we read uh, Galatians 5.22, we know what the fruit, of the fruit of the Spirit is. And if you ask me what is the fruit of the Spirit, it's how we live our lives, expression of living a rightful life as a Christian. And yet we have so many Christians who are good at proclaiming, but their lives speak otherwise. This morning I read a, 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 Facebook, uh, a Facebook post. Someone had done a screenshot of a Facebook post and put it on their WhatsApp. And this is what it said, that you can go around with a mouth full of scripture, but everything is useless if your heart is full of hatred. And we have so many people that lift up holy hands. And even when they're leading worship, they are crying. But actually what they carry, they carry malice. They carry hatred. They carry hypocrisy. They carry everything. And Christ calls us and he stops us and says, no, 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 no. You will not be defined by the miracles you do. You will not be defined by the songs you sing. This is how you'll be defined if you bear fruit. The fruit of love, the fruit of self-control, the fruit of patience, and all that we know as explained in Galatians 5.22. Again, when we look at the life of Jesus, we hear talkings like teachings from, for example, Matthew 5, when he tells them on how they, are, or they ought to live. In the words of the Beatitudes, when he says, for example, blessed are the peacemakers. What is the promise? They shall be called uh, sons of God. 
And there are so many others that, that are mentioned in the Beatitudes. He talks of the poor in spirit. He talks of, and what Jesus is saying that through them, that it's not just living and attaching a name to what you believe. It is living in such a way that will call many to God, that many will look at you and say, if this is how they live, I also ought to live. And so why is it important for us not to just talk about the things, but to live them out? One, it's an act of obedience. Jesus calls us to do that. And you remember that the, the children's song that we used to sing, trust and obey. There is no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. And unfortunately, today we have a gospel that says, no, 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 no. You can do whatever as long as you believe in Jesus. No, my friend, if we love him, we will obey what he says. Obedience is an expression of love. So he calls us to put these things in practice. And therefore, that's why we will not stop at just, you know, knowing them and saying them. We will do them. But you see, when we put things in practice, it becomes a signpost to Jesus it becomes a pointer to the one that lives in us. And Jesus told a lot of things. I am a Christian who loves doing also philanthropic work. And I have had different people that tell me, you know, as a Christian, you know, it's not necessarily your mandate. You don't have to do these things because, you know, we are saved by grace and therefore we make, uh, we make it to heaven by grace and we don't have to care. And unfortunately, sometimes the Christians are so good at being pious with all their Christian duties. And yet in our neighborhood, the people that are sick, the people who are dying and all we think is that we can go. And I'll give you an example. Um, at the beginning of the COVID uh, pandemic, when they did the lockdown, I had a friend of mine called me and they had a cancer patient. And this friend of mine called me to go and pray for this cancer patient. Now, this patient was in a Muslim home. He, he wasn't a Muslim himself, but he was being taken care of by a Muslim family, his family, his relatives. And so when my friend called me, he said, come and pray. But I didn't have time to go at that time. And so I told him, maybe, uh, why, I told her, why don't you ask the Christians in the community to come and pray for them? And so the Christians went there and they did all the tukutendere that they were singing and shouting and stuff. And this family was offended that these people would come into their home and sing and leave nothing and walk away. So the next time she calls me three days later, she says, I don't know why I called the Christians to come at home because, yeah, they sang and made a lot of noise and prayed and the guy didn't get better, but they didn't do any caring. So, she, but she said, but this family needs to get this guy to hospital. At that time, you need a permission from the RADC and all that. So I say to them, what if I helped with that? And maybe you can say, long story short, we go there, help the family to get um, um, transport. We got the RADC letter. We got the monies and help the family get a blend. I got there. They had made him juice out of watermelon, but that juice had stayed at least for two days. It was almost brown. I said to him, he cannot drink this. He was so sick that he had sores around his mouth, around his eyes. He had boils all over his body. I said, he cannot drink this. We, I went on Facebook, gathered uh, monies. We bought blenders. We bought food. And the next time we went, we did that. So we presented the things and then we left. The next time we went back, I brought a few monies towards his, uh, his, his, his treatment. And then we left. The third time when we got there, and this time when we were sharing, the family stopped and said, why don't you pray for us? 
And right there, I knew that the message that they needed, unfortunately, this gentleman passed away. But even in death, he said, I didn't know that girl. I didn't know those guys. But when they came here, I knew that they, they were sent by God. And that has brought the, the salvation story right in the family. Because we did not only proclaim, because we did not just choose to proclaim, but we chose to put in practice. And so the question for me as I close would be, how then do I prepare myself to go and move from proclamation to practice? And one I would say by reading God's word. After reading God's word, pray that God will lead you to act in such a way that he requires you to act. You know, sometimes we don't have the strength. It, it will be so hard for me. Like the, 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 psalm, the, the hymn I started with at the beginning, when that hymn is ending, this person prays and says, Oh Lord, fill me with your love that I may act. It is so hard for us to know and do the things unless we have the love of Christ in our hearts. It is so hard for me. Yeah, I've talked about unrighteousness. It is so hard for me as a single woman to keep to myself, even when I'm old enough, to make my own decision about my body and stuff to say, maybe I would choose to fornicate, but I have to go back to God and say, fill me with strength, fill me with this love, fill me with this power that even in the face of temptation, I will not yield to it. Fill me with joy in my heart that when I see suffering, my heart will not waver. Fill me with your love and compassion for people that when I see suffering, I will step into there and do something about it. Or fill me, Lord, with your love. Because this is what Paul says in that verse, that no, I have have seen, seen what? The mystery of God, Him working in our lives, and it's only Him that can empower us to live a life that is worthy of a calling. And actually, it's that that, that Paul writes to the church and says, live a life that is worth of a calling. What is that life? A life that does not only stop at proclamation. Did I say it is wrong to proclaim? No. We need to speak that Jesus says. In fact, it is important for us to point people to the truth of the gospel. And it is important that Jesus came down and died for our sins. But we should not stop there. Remember, we are like a signpost. And if Jesus has called us to do it, then we should stop and do it. We should stop and do it. And so I know that he is speaking to your heart. And I know maybe some of us on the other extreme end are only doers. We are not only called to be doers. We are called to hear, heed to the word and do it. And as we do it, God will give us power and strength to go. And we will make you know, disciples of the nations. But we also stand to proclaim that he is God and beside him there is no other.